Flavors and Knowledge is a bilingual podcast focusing on gastronomic education in relation to a healthy lifestyle through Food First. Our philosophy carries a moral obligation of sharing sensible knowledge to generate social awareness. Podcasts are in English with an accent and Italian. Welcome back, dear friends. I'm Chef Walter, and this is Flavors and Knowledge with another grueling podcast. Well, another grueling season is upon us. This one feels different for uh, various reasons. But the stage is open, and the show goes on anyways. I'm certain that most people by now have some kind of know-how on grilling. After all, is the American preferred method of cooking right next to the barbecue. In any case, if you know how to turn on the gas and have a great equipment to work with, you have what it takes to grill, unless we're talking about charcoal, which is a whole other element and that will be a topic for maybe another podcast. In this segment, I'll share some suggestions on what I would do if confronted with a grill and have guests to impress. First thing I would do is to rest the meat protein I'm thinking of using. Of course, purchase them from a reliable butcher or your favorite market. Ingredients, as you know, are F of the job. I remove chicken, beef, pork or lamb, which are probably the most used proteins anyways, from the refrigerator about 30 minutes before cooking time. I don't want to throw a cold piece of meat onto the grill. The outside will char, while the inside will still be underdone since it started so cold. Meat at room temperature will cook more evenly when some of the fat has naturally melted. I'll brush the meat with some good olive oil and get going. Once the meat is cooked, I'll rest it for about 5 to 10 minutes. Resting allows the juices to return inside the flesh, get stored, and keep the meat nice and moist. Then I need to get the grill ready, and this is really fundamental. I preheat the grill with the lid closed for at least 15 to 20 minutes, making sure I obtain the proper temperature I need. Always available is my thermometer to check the various area of the grill. Sometimes the igniting holes are clogged, preventing heat from an equal dispersion right across the grill. When the grate is hot, I clean it with a grill brush to remove any bits or particles from the last use. Then I run a clean cloth, soaked with water and a little bit of vegetable oil right on the grill for an initial coating. 
I'll keep one side of the grill on a lower temperature than the rest. It will help me in slowing down the cooking of some protein, such as pork or chicken, and not dry them out. Then, I have to choose the type of eat I will need and use. There are two types of eat that I can choose depending on what I'm grilling. One is direct and the other is indirect eat. Direct eat, such as gas, will give me a good searing while holding in the juices in place. This is the kind of eat to use on sausages, small filet mignon, or let's say a one-inch thick sirloin. Essentially any protein that can cook within 12 to 15 minutes on both sides. Indirect heat is much slower in temperature, thus facilitating the breakdown of large cuts or bone-in pieces. The rule is longer cooking, slower eating process. This practice is also very good for thick-fleshed vegetables such as corn, eggplant, or borana squash. What I don't want are a quick charring and overly smoked product. I am not grilling well if the first bite I take tastes like smoke. Some vegetables or tubers need to be parboiled because of their thick texture. I do not like to use skewers because very often the texture is not similar and some may cook quicker than others. An example is the paired zucchini with carrots that just don't belong on the same skewer. I always keep in mind the water content of a vegetable, then I make the decision. I cook all the vegetables separately and of course serve them together in whatever application I choose. I always cook with the lid on. I start the process of laying the food at the grill, wait a few minutes, and once I'm comfortable with their position, I close the grill with the lid. By doing this, I'm keeping the heat within the chamber and maximize on the smokiness that's getting generated. Here, I need the soft smoke as opposed to heavy, thick fumes. In my cooking school, for instance, we cook most proteins on cast iron. And through the years in the restaurant business, I've always preferred this particular method. I've tried to explain to our students to resist the anxiety of quickly turning the proteins. Cast iron works just like a grill. The only difference is that it has no open slots, of course, and all the nutrients will remain in the pan. Food on a grill disperses some of the natural juices and moving the food too fast before it has built a nice crust is really detrimental. And so I'll just be patient, wait a few minutes, and I will see the meat lift itself away from the grill. Especially thick-fleshed seafood such as salmon. The more I move it, the more omega-3 will drip down the grill and defeats the purpose of buying salmon at $15 a pound. I already have my sauces ready, which I made in advance. I typically use olive oil condiments, all infused with the fresh herbs, garlic, ginger, 
or anything that may pair well with whatever I am grilling. A great sauce I make is the chimichurri from Argentina made with parsley and garlic. Of course, parsley is loaded with chlorophyll and it's an extra bonus. Another one that stands out is a Sicilian pesto made with sun-dried tomatoes and almonds. And of course, the list goes on. I always try to minimize the sugar content in the sauces, especially barbecue, because it burns too fast on high temperatures, and it creates a bitter taste on the outskirts of the meat protein. While the grill is going, I'll work on some peaches and pineapples, which I will grill after the completion of the main courses. Before I do that, however, I must clean the grill, removing the bits and the pieces accumulated from the meat and lower the temperature a little bit. I'll brush the fruit with a combination of olive oil and honey, stick a few cloves in the flesh and off I go. I'll pair the grilled fruits and saffron with a vanilla no-churn gelato, which I made yesterday. For the drinking portion, I don't think you need me. Hey, happy grilling, friends. I invite you to follow Flavors and Knowledge on your preferred podcast platform. And if you get a chance, tune in to our videocast, News You Can Eat 24, on YouTube, under Chef Walter's Cooking School. I don't have much left to add, other than, if you're grilling, keep your eyes on the fire, and we'll reconnect next time. Thanks for listening, and be well. Ciao, ciao. Flavors and Knowledge is brought to you by Chef Walch's Cooking School in Cranston, Rhode Island. For classes, workshops, events, and programs, please visit our website at chefwalcherscookingschool.com. For all other services offered by Chef Walter's Food Group, check out our main website, chefwalter.com.